Warning. Ahead, sexy themes and saucy lingo. Trigger warnings include... There are no trigger warnings. Amazing. So, welcome to today's Chronicle of Carnal Knowledge. What's today's word of the week? C word of the week. You're asking me for my C word of the week. Well, I've got a few volunteers. Not volunteers. I've got a few nominations. No. Um, Anyway, uh, so my word of the week is cruising. Cruising. Yes, actually cruising in the cold. Double C. Double C. C. It's better than double D. I don't know. (laughs) Depends what it means. Um, Indeed. Uh, So uh, there is a park near where I live um, that is effectively uh, a a cruising ground for for gay men. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a really odd little place anyway. Mm-hmm. Basically, the people that go there, um, okay, it's open for odd uh, odd hours, and the way that they lock it up is a bit strange as well. I have previously walked through it uh, late at night in winter trying to get home from Canning Town Station, yeah. thinking, I'll take the rural route. I need another thousand steps. Yeah, yeah. I go through there, and it's like, you have to get your phone out and like shine a torch and go through and like, I shouldn't have gone this way, but I'm a really stubborn britain so i would literally like walk through the park with my phone light on and you end up just going through there's no one around you go all the way through to the other end and the bloody gate is locked at the other end but they haven't locked it at the other end so you you so there's no security there's no point like you could if you wanted to get into the park and do stuff you can anyway it's really odd anyway so it is a cruising ground um uh for 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 men um uh, my husband and i have both been like on different occasions walking through the park either together or separately uh like given the full like up and down look by other men walking through the park from the other direction like as in like yeah it's come hither sort of looks um and uh there are like obvious bits in the park where like people seem to like like there are gaps in the hedges and stuff like that where you can obviously like walk through and there's although i've also seen dog walkers like go through go through those bits so i wonder what's like there are other things down there too um but anyway so um my question is basically a question. My like my my weird like thing of this word is like it's now like basically December. Uh-huh. Why y- you it's really cold, it's really cold at all times of day and night. Yeah. Like it's just cold. Yeah. How can you even get an erection in that temperature? Yeah. It's too cold. Is it actually too cold to get an erection? About, I don't know about the science of it. I, I, I can't tell you the science. I'm just saying it's probably that. Surely it's inhibiting. It's difficult. One would think. I mean, I, I, it's so interesting because that's something I haven't really thought about. Like temperate, the relation between temperature and erection. And according to the Kinsey report, every average man you know much prefers to play his favourite sport when the temperature is low. So that's very- <laughs> wow. That was, <laughs> was just quoting Cole Porter for you. So I don't know that's that. amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for bringing Cole Porter into this podcast. Yeah, um, But no, I, I, you're right in that like, so typically males, like they tend to feel hot and want to be cooler, right? And females tend to want to feel the opposite. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I, I feel like if any temperature extreme to me is yeah, like, it yeah. means it's harder to, balance, to do. It? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's interesting because I suppose I haven't necessarily thought about my state, my state of arousal in the cold. Um, and I think I would... To, to be fair, I, I would never want to take any clothes off in, yeah, in yeah, that yeah. level of, of temp- in that temperature. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe my arousal is also affected. Um, but yeah, no, um, respect mm. to people managing to, totally. to do it yeah. in well, freezing sub-zero temperature. <laughs> indeed, yeah. Um, 
What's your What's your word of the week? What's my word of the week? Oh, yeah. I, love, I love that. It's definitely a good good thing to think about yes. this week. What's your C word of the week? Nice C word of the week <laughs> is actually character. Oh. Um, now, a couple of weeks ago in episode A for arousal, mm-hmm. we did actually talk about how like being a character in in the sexual scene can be arousing yeah. and sexy. And I was talking about how my partner and I had like various characters, and we talked about one in particular. Uh, my partner and I have a bunch of characters we use in like a sexual role plays. Okay. Um, and when the characters yeah the characters. yeah they do actually okay i don't know yeah, it's, sure. it's very intimate yeah. <laughs> some of them like just miss my surname yeah, yeah, <laughs> which, yeah. which is boring but like some of them have names yeah. um but when we first got together i think because we had no like foundation of previous characters we just were quite free and open in like making them up mm. um whereas now because we have some like go-tos i'm finding it much harder to think of new ones and I'm almost feeling a little bit of inhibition which actually comes to our um main topic of the week in in thinking of and suggesting new ones because I'm sort of beginning to feel that almost embarrassment in being like what about if we tried this (laughs) um I don't know um and because uh, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago we've got uh, people staying in the house we've had people staying in the house yes. we were sort of planning this big like well, when everyone leaves and we have the house back to ourselves we'll do right. this like huge sexy scene that goes all over the house and it'll yeah. be great and what should we do what should the storyline be and, I, and I'm just finding it really hard to um to think of one because I think I'm so like now slightly entrenched in the ones that we always do mm. not that there's anything wrong with doing the same one but like I just kind of want to think of a new thing for the excitement yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, give it time. Also, it may be one of those things that just comes in the moment that you're yeah, like, exactly. I think it's, this is the thing. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, I'm not, yes, I'm not necessarily worried about it, but I think it's just because it's something we've been talking about, like, oh, what should we do when no one is in the house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then being like, oh, I'm so excited. And then being like, actually, I don't, I, don't, I can't think of anything. <laughs> <laughs> just like, I know. Yeah. Mm. I, I, it's difficult. I, I, I find the whole concept of role play is really, I find it quite difficult. I find it really hard to like, to do it. It's like, particularly because it took me a really long time to become sexually uninhibited. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the role play and character step is like another step in that same world. And I have always found that challenging. Yeah. So I think it's really great that you have this with yeah. your partner. I think it's amazing yeah. um, and really powerful. And it gives you so many like tools in your toolbox to like yeah. explore. Yeah. Um, so it is like worth, I th- I'm not saying I can't ever do it. I'm just saying like, I find it difficult. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely helps that we're both like, frustrated actors so I think they're kind of, <laughs> be like great this is a way of like like a sexy way of like yeah. of, of um getting out all our acting yeah. stuff that we that train, we you train for it you train you've got you the skills yeah. but didn't have the stamina to, trained for this <laughs> trained for this the, the time is now this is the, when we were in school this is what we were thinking of what we were dreaming of and it's now <laughs> yeah exactly exactly anyway yeah so that, that's yeah that's what i'm thinking about Series 2 of An A to Z of Sex with Men, where I, Raphael, and I, Jacinta, attack the imbalances of gender normativity, bear our sexual secrets wide open, clear away the mists of sexual taboo, delve into the mysteries of erotica, erase the toxicity of shame, find the beauty of our sexual being, and get ready to laugh our asses off. Absolutely. Film, 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 corner. 
So uh, this week we're discussing C for communication. Um, so our film of the week is Duke of Burgundy, which is an interesting choice for communication. Yeah. Uh, it would have made more sense to do, I don't know, um, BDSM or something. Yeah. But uh, I just thought the way that the couple communicates in it is very interesting. So I thought it'd be a good choice. We've just watched the trailer. What were your thoughts? Yeah, well, this is one that you've seen and I haven't. Yes. So this is sort of going to be quite interesting um, for both of us, I think, because you haven't seen it in a while and no. I'm seeing it for the first time. Um, I thought so. The trailer was really interesting. Um, there was a we we have the DVD. This is an actual physical DVD that I we're know, using it's this exciting. time. So exciting! So um, exciting! And actually, um, we learned a couple of new words. One was orthopterist, um, because one of the characters is apparently an orthopterist, and she's um, she, she basically she's a she's a student of insects. Yeah, which I thought was a lepidopterist, but apparently I was wrong. We were all learning. Uh, we were all mistaken yeah. there. I don't know. Um, anyway, so um, and what was the other word? Co- the other word was um, oh god. Uh, it's like coruscating, yeah. which apparently means like scintillating and flashing sparkling. and sparkling. Yes, absolutely. Um, so anyway, I did think that the trailer was pretty sparkling. Yeah, I thought it was quite exciting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, I'm looking forward to the whole, I mean, I don't watch a whole lot of films with uh, a sort of lesbian love mm-hmm. story in it. So I thought that was, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I didn't want to give away too much before we yeah. watch it, but um, I, I think that the trailer is, very thrilling and I thought quite quite um, erotic as well. Uh, there was something you said that annoyed you about it. <laughs> well, it was because they kept taking the same sound bite. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, she, she arrives at the door in the trailer. Uh, they, sorry, the, the submissive uh, woman arrives at the door and she says, uh, so the, and the dominant one uh, who I presume, presume is Cynthia, the, the uh, whatever the word was again, um, orthopterist yes um and she says you're late in a very sort of um sexy way yeah. yes and of course anybody who's done any bdsm in the past will uh be, be turned on by that i yeah. certainly yeah. found that quite exciting yeah. um but they and she sort of says something like i'm sorry or something like that and then she says you will be or, or something like that yes and they kept sort of repeating that yes. line over the two over minutes the of the trailer sorry. which i was a little bit annoyed by but what i will say is I think there's a reason for that and um, I'll be interested to know your thoughts on that choice at the end of the film. Yes, I'm curious now too. (laughs) Um, Yes, okay, awesome. Well, um, yeah, I'm excited to watch it again. So we'll be talking about it later on in the the episode. Um, Is it time for our question from the audience? I think so. Okay. So our question from the audience today is, and and, uh, I should also mention that today, C is for communication. It is, yes. Mm -hmm. I get really scared about saying the wrong thing. I clam up and can't speak sometimes. How can I start learning to express my feelings, desires and concerns to the person I care about? And that question is from Carrie in Kettlesing Bottom, Harrogate. So thank you for that, Carrie. That's a yes. very good question. Yes, thanks, Carrie. Um, <laughs> it, is, it is a really good question. And, and I wonder, do you have any thoughts on that? Because oh, you did this to me two weeks ago. <laughs> so I'm going to do it back at you. Thank you for asking, Raphael. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, I do have some thoughts. Well, um, Carrie, I can definitely relate to that because, oh no, honestly... Oh, no, honestly, I can't. Sorry. It's a really good question. Um, well, it's such a good question. It's, it's so good. From a real person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Right. No, I, I experience the same thing. I, I find it so, so hard to communicate to people I care about. Um, I can communicate to them about things that, don't, that aren't to do with our relationship, but things that are anything to do with our relationship, I find so hard. And I think that what I've, um, I don't know, like what, what has made it easier for me? <sighs> um, <laughs> I guess 
just I guess I like visualizing really thinking about what I'm going to say and visualizing it and thinking about the possible outcomes of saying it and then kind of deciding I'm going to say it on this day at, in this at this time and then doing it and I'm not saying it's not easy it's really not easy but I think rehearsing what I'm going to say not like not like word for word but like sort of bullet pointing in my head what I'm going to say and then being like right I have the word I, I know I know the points I'm going to make and I'm going to do it yeah and that helps and um, I've got a suggestion mm-hmm. which is just a way of thinking suggestion mm-hmm. so we're all wired very much to think about taking risks mm-hmm. as like things that we do, like they're positive actions that we take. So for example, um, if I do a thing, if I say this thing mm-hmm. um, and it comes out wrong, there's, you know, there's, there, there, or rather if I say this thing, there is a chance that it will come out wrong or there is a chance that this person is gonna see it this way mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, I'd also just encourage you to think about um, Carrie in Cattlesing Bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just encourage you to think about um, what are the consequences of not saying the thing? Yeah. So you you're scared about um, not being able, you know, you're, you're scared about not not expressing your feelings, mm-hmm. desires, and concerns. Um, this is this, the consequence of you not doing that. Is this? It's it's this feeling of being unfulfilled. It's mm-hmm. this consequence. Mm-hmm. That is the consequence. You will not be happy unless you're able to do to to express those things. Mm-hmm. So your clamming up is. Um, uh, is the result of your your fear of that side of the other side of the risk mm-hmm. the side that you, it'll be perceived incorrectly well think about the other side of the risk which if you don't do the thing mm-hmm. then you will be you'll be unhappy you'll yeah. risk increasing your unhappiness yeah. so think about both sides when you're um worried about it so mm-hmm. inaction has a consequence just as much as action does yeah that's a really good point and it's all like thinking like this okay having thought about both sides i need to do this thing mm. so it's just creating the space where i where i can do it yeah but it's it's not it's not easy no it's not easy it's not easy um easier said than done, it's easier said than done it's actually neither of those things are easy in that scenario no. it's not easy to say or easy to do and, and i think also being aware that actually there's there's probably never the perfect time to do it either so actually you're being like okay whatever happens i'm probably going to try it's slightly change the vibe of whatever's happening by bringing this up and that's okay mm. it's okay to change the scenario and bring something up yeah. you're not going to find the right time in quotes there is never the best there's never a good time there's no perfect time to say a thing like if you mm-hmm. if something is on your mind it's bugging you mm-hmm. then the, actually the longer you leave it the worse it gets mm-hmm. or just send a really long text and never talk to them again that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> perfectly valid that's totally fine i know yeah no, probably don't do that. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to bring in some extensive research into oh, this discussion. Boy, I love extensive research. Yes, I know, it's so extensive. <laughs> I looked at two whole websites. Um, oh, wow. Yes, I, I know. Um, so um, the first one is uh, from TonyRobbins.com. I was drawn to this because it has a few really good suggestions for um, how to communicate in a relationship setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a few really good ideas. Um, some of them are well known and you should uh, probably just research them and be familiar with them. I think it's always good to be familiar with that whole thing of communication styles. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are really like Ugh, communication even when i read it i was like Ugh, this again yeah, like yeah. Oh, communication. it's been around the block yes we know yeah. five different what's your what's your love language Ooh, you know <laughs> okay yeah, yeah all right it's a thing but like um sort of know it and sort of own it and there's also um 
Uh, there's things there's uh, relatedly by the way there are some great books on non-violent communication which are worth mm, reading okay. i think it's marshall rosenberg um is the author uh-huh. on a different thing so um i'll put the link of, of all of these things oh, yeah. in the in the um show notes, show notes yes yeah, yeah. um but it's worth um thinking about those things too because uh, we often respond in ways that feel that actually to the other person much more aggressive and yeah. actually sometimes we feel yeah. uh, when we say them that they yeah. come off more aggressive than we meant um, we're just trying yeah. to express express something yeah um but um, the bit that I liked from the Tony Robbins website was about the six human needs uh, mm-hmm. that we should be aware of in other people. And that helps us to understand the other person and know where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. And those six needs were identified as certainty. So that means that we um, are trying to get away from risks, which is what I was trying to say before. Mm-hmm. Um, variety. So doing different things um, talking in different ways, okay, challenging yeah. yourselves. Mm-hmm significance so feeling important and unique mm-hmm. um connection and love that's rolled up as one thing so that's okay, um yeah. just about you know needing to be a part of a community and be part of other other you know other people's lives mm-hmm. um and then growth so this is about challenging yourself doing something mm-hmm. new different um being being better tomorrow than you were today okay. um and then also contribution and giving so um feeling happy often um the happiness um sort of purveyors of those seeking happiness mm-hmm. often um mention being um sort of benevolent and giving yeah. um giving your time giving your money yeah. um etc et to a, to something yeah. um makes your life feel more worthwhile so that was another thing that well, came from us remember the secret to living is giving yes it's nice when it rhymes yeah, then exactly. it's more true yeah. so is, it, is this all in the context of a relationship or just yes yeah yeah okay yeah. all in the context of a relationship so the idea was that um so if growth is a human need then mm-hmm. support your partner when they want to go and do something new and challenging yeah, that's a good point. um yeah how do you know when the question that it asks is when was when was the last time you supported your partner's growth in the areas that they are really passionate about so um that sort of thing so you can think about the different six areas yeah, and yeah. what questions you might ask yourself to to better support your yeah, partner and like, are you doing that Doing are you doing those things in all those yeah. boxes yeah and, and, and invite them to sort of support you as well well exactly that's um, it. in yeah. constructive way are you doing it for the, your partner and is your partner doing it for you i suppose indeed yeah yeah, yeah. and that's a conversation you can have together yeah um and then somewhat unexpectedly um a website that we were that well that i uncovered <laughs> in searching for um communication in relationships mm-hmm. um took us to uh, the lovely gwyneth paltrow's goop.com um and a, it's more than just putting eggs up your uh hoo-ha um <laughs> it's it's we can say vagina i know i just fancied saying hoo-ha just enjoying it um and it it has um this was uh one of the authors this is marcy cole phd um she some 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 qualified qualified people doctors on here um and she talks about interpersonal iq Mm -hmm. which is an expansion of emotional intelligence or eq a lot of people have uh, maybe familiar with eq um so this is just a development of it and it's the idea that you can't just have emotional intelligence you also have to be able to use it Mm -hmm. so you also have to be able to put it into the context of relationship right and it gives 10 prescriptions for love-breaking patterns. I'm not going to go through every single one of those, uh-huh. but I think some of them are really interesting. Yeah. And it, what it does is it identifies what they call love-breaking language or what Marcy Cole, PhD, mm-hmm. calls love-breaking language. Um, and so, uh, and the results of that language. Mm-hmm. So the first one listed, and this is, it's so difficult to read this, uh, this one, this page actually. Um, I yeah. showed, I showed Jacinta this page before we started mm-hmm. recording, um, that there's so many like things here that identify that I say. Yeah. And I, I know that I said, when I hear myself say it as well, 
sometimes it takes me a second sometimes it takes me 20 seconds yeah. to realize i shouldn't have phrased it like that that didn't yeah. that didn't that wasn't what i meant I but yeah. um so like the language for the blame game which is the first prescription mm-hmm. to sort of break and change is you know when you say things like you always you never you're the one who i can't believe you why didn't you it's your fault you're wrong you're impossible you make me so you're crazy all these sorts of things um and i almost not daily but like if i'm in an argumentative place like that language is almost the first stuff to come out i know isn't it it's so interesting i mean particularly the ones near the top like you always yes the generalizing yeah and it's like i don't i don't know if i say it specifically like that but i definitely notice myself doing things sometimes where like say my partner will be like probably maybe even as a joke be like um oh you didn't buy the milk or something and then i'll be like and then i'll be like well I only didn't buy milk because you didn't buy yeah, the cheese yeah, yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Well, you never, yeah, yeah you like, never do that. So like, why am I? I know. And then it's like, I very specifically like refer to something he didn't do, but like, Completely relevant like a while ago, yeah, like yeah, not yeah. like today. And then he's like, oh, you've clearly been, is like, oh, you've clearly been holding on to that. And I'm like, no, no, I was just saying it because you said that to me. But then it's like, part of me obviously has been because why would I remember it? Um, but yeah, so what, what else does Goop say? Or, or you know, the PhD Yes, um, person. <laughs> PhD person has a name, uh, which is Marcy Cole. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so Marcy Cole also says. So there are a few other things here. There's the yeah. scoreboard playing field, which yeah. is where you say things like, um, "Well, I did this for you. What have you done for me lately?" Oh, yeah. And and um, like, I always do this thing. Yeah. You never do this thing, which is kind of what you were saying before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, there's also like. Um, in a completely different vein, yeah. things like, um, oh, "We never do anything," and this is like uh... something that um, I get. I get right. rather than give. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I'm very good at like giving the kind of like, I, how you don't, you never do this. You never do that. Like, yeah, how yeah, dare yeah. you? Like I do everything around here. Yeah. Um, whereas like I get the, um, I'm, I'm probably the one who like puts my foot down the most in terms of like, I don't want to go out. I'm tired. Right. Um, yeah, so I yeah. get the kind of, we never do this. We never do that. You know? Yeah. Um, and then um, there's one around um, like my way or the highway, which uh-huh. is where you things you say things like, well, I want to do this and yeah, I'm, and- I'm going to this party one way or another yeah you know. yeah although it does actually say here we should do that which i actually think is i feel like that's okay to say we should go to the or maybe maybe you should say like shall we yeah i think it's the tone yeah, i think yeah, it's the yeah. tone it's like oh we should do that yeah and then like, it doesn't really rather than them a, an option no to, yeah, 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 yeah 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 okay um um there's actually something here around um like digging up old things like um oh, you always do this you there you go again you never apologized for that thing that you did by the way and yeah, it's like focusing yeah. on things that have already been like dealt with yeah but you exactly. are using it as a pawn in this particular argument exactly yeah. um and then um there's like one around um like uh, making your partner agree without giving them the option to disagree oh, okay. so like oh yeah you 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 know i'm right aren't i you know you agree with yeah, me yeah um yeah or like the opposite is like if they uh say i've already said no it's like i can't believe you don't like oh i can't God. believe you don't want to i can't it's believe like you think that way guilty oh yeah and i can see this be like okay we're going to this thing on on the weekend like oh yeah like not giving them an option to exactly yeah, exactly yeah. um and then um I think the only other one that I wanted to talk about was, um, oh yeah, um, so about um, 
that's it's really horrible language yeah. uh, couched in this, but it's about um like not that like your lust is being like not really there anymore and you mm. you blaming you're blaming the other person for that so because you're not feeling like lusty towards your partner uh-huh. you're saying things like maybe you should go put some makeup on before you go out or oh like maybe you're getting a bit you know squidgy there so maybe so you should go to the gym uh, um or like or it can be like around money so like why why are you still not earning anything why haven't you done anything about that why aren't you talking to your manager about more money or like oh you know God. this kind yeah. of thing um and more generically i wish you would do uh. x um like I was just, I like, wish you'd do this. Come on, I mean, you keep talking about it. Like, why not? And of, oh yeah, the other one I forgot to mention was like the exit threat thing, which um, I have used. Um, <laughs> it's the whole thing yeah. around like um, what you know, you're getting really sick of it, and just actually you're so fed up uh-huh. that you just don't want to. Like, it's just you turn hostile, and you're just like, I don't, I don't want to be in this conversation. I don't want to be around you, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. certainly right now, but like the feeling is quite like. Yeah. Hard. And it's quite sort of like that's it. Like mm-hmm. I'm done. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's one of the phrases actually. I've had I'm it. Done. I'm done. Yeah. Um, I can't take this anymore. If you do that one more time, um, I often say, if you do that one more time, and then I try and not finish it, and then um, of course, what the other part, the person on the other, the other end of that is always going to say is like, what? What are you? Yeah, what? What, what we do? What's yeah. happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It was like children as well. If you do that one more time, then then I, I literally I can't think don't of know it. what to say. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> I'll be very upset. I'll be really upset. <laughs> <That's> yeah. <laughs> So um, thanks to Tony Robbins and... Um, uh, can I just ask, did, did yes. Goop give any alternative, like things you can say instead of those things? Uh, it, yeah, it does. That's yeah. a good point. Yes, it does. Um, so um, for example, um, if, you, uh, if you are one of the people who sort of always um, leans into uh, blaming the other uh-huh, person uh-huh. for things, um, then it suggests um, using like the, what they call the amour method, oh, amour, yeah. which is to affirm mm-hmm. uh, by beginning with a positive and saying, I know you love me and never want to see me unhappy, which I do appreciate so okay. much. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you, say, you give the message. So what do you want to say that's not good mm-hmm. to hear? Um, but sometimes I want to talk with you and have you listen without telling me what I should do or how I should feel. Yeah. Because when that happens, I just shut down. Okay, yeah. Um, this is, by the way, linked to that nonviolent communication stuff that I was talking about yeah, before. Exactly, Same sort of idea. Yeah, exactly. um, overcome uh, so if you could just listen hold me sometimes if i need it let me know that you can hear me and understand that would feel really good and help us to overcome this pattern so we can feel even closer yeah and then the last the r is resolution redemption renewal mm-hmm. um, and that's when you can convey feelings that were previously difficult to share or convey an intimidate yeah, or convey an intimidating request for a change in behavior um uh, then that sets you both up for greater success yeah that's really that to be fair that that kind of ties in with carrie's question as well it's kind of a little bit of a a map through kind of communicating yes and i also noticed and we don't have to find it in the article but i noticed a bit of like reframing things so instead of saying um we never go out anymore saying like i'd love if we could go out together like Mm. you know kind of making it a a thing that you you can do together instead of being like because as an option of something you can do together as opposed yeah. to being like you never do this yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway there are loads of things on this page so um, as I say the link will go into the show notes yeah. if you want to go back on anything um, uh, or you've heard anything that I've said in reference just go to that relevant yeah. section of that page I'm sure there are lots of other places you can go other than other than Goop um, <laughs> sure. there is yeah, sorry well it's just it is it's surprisingly really helpful like yeah. you know it's yeah it's it's a, it's a good page yeah <laughs> um the, just want to mention one other thing which i which made me giggle um so one of the options for that as well for the blame game is that you should do the soft eyes aha exercise which i find really hilarious what is it? but um so basically it says um you should it's, it's an active listening technique yeah. effectively so what you do is uninterrupted each person shares what it sounded looked and felt like to them as the sort of trigger so what was the the moment that caused the conflict how did it sound how did it feel to them okay um 
and all you're allowed to do is listen mm-hmm. um and the idea is that um while the other person is like really angry mm-hmm. um listening and like oh i want to say i want to interrupt you have to like yeah, the yeah. idea is you have to not do that and at some point you will have a soft eyes aha moment where you realize that um what's the reason that the person feels the way that they do oh. so that you you won't be angry at them anymore because you'll realize oh. and then they'll be the same to you so it's quite nice but the, calling it the soft eyes aha soft exercise aha. made me laugh no. soft eyes aha soft eyes aha love it hashtag soft eyes aha <laughs> yes um yeah so um so i suppose that leads us on to what is your word well i went first okay, in so a so i'm gonna let you go first for c was my word yeah so the first word that came to mind when i thought of communication was challenging another mm. c word yes um because i find it really hard i know i i talked about this with with uh, Carrie um <laughs> from Kettle Sing Bottom yeah. but um no I just I find it so hard and specifically I find it really hard okay I think I've got a lot better at communicating my like uh like sexual needs and and you know intimate needs I think that used to be really hard for me but I've got better at that just through practicing and being in a trusting relationship but still communicating like emotional needs within a relationship and also talking about the relationship i find so hard it's so easy to just get into like a thing of like this is nice la 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 and then suddenly there's a point of like oh i want to talk about the next step or i want to talk about where we are and where we can go from here and i'm like oh and i I think it's a fear of not wanting to kind of rock any kind of boat not wanting to change a status quo not wanting to risk something nice i already have by introducing a new element i don't know it's so scary to me. It's so... Okay, so what I was going to say is, um, having gone through pretty much all of the hoops now with my husband, because mm-hmm. we're married, mm-hmm. um, like the only decisions that remain are, do we get a dog when we move house? Where, where do we buy a house? You know, these yeah, sorts yeah, of things, yeah. which yeah. we do together anyway, yeah. and we're all agreed that we're going to do those things. Yeah. So the thing is, like, if you... I think you you get a feeling, mm-hmm. like, particularly the longer you're, in, you're together, you will know when it's kind of... You'll get a feeling of when it's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of assume that your partner has the same thoughts as you. And if you have the conversation and it doesn't go the way that you think, then that's, it's good to know that anyway. Yeah, totally. And I think like logically I know that. And I think that, I think that after I do say the thing Mm. I want to say, or do you have the, you know, the communication is usually, there's usually quite a positive result. Like I usually feel, usually like either um, increases the intimacy of the Mm. relationship or like makes the relationship better or makes, at least makes me feel better and yeah. makes me feel relieved that I've that we've you know I've said it and it's a bit like what you were saying to Carrie in response to Carrie was like the the result of not saying it the inaction is horrible because it just festers inside you yes, like exactly. um so I think I, I logically know that it's okay and that the result will be good or fine but I, it's just still like it is I just literally clam up I literally I'm like oh mm. <laughs> I can't speak <laughs> it's really hard yeah, it is, yeah. It is hard, and and it's you can no matter how logical you can try and make it all. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, your emotions will still play a massive role in how you communicate because they yeah. come first in your thinking process. Emotions, yeah. then you can have a, a rational response to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the fight or flight response is is the first thing to occur, and if it's communication and you're like, ah, I don't want, I need to say that, but I don't know how, and ah, and then yeah. immediately you're um, sort of pre like preparing for failure and preparing for like. Yeah, the yeah. risk exactly and um not to get too into my childhood yeah. but i think but um but i think that i i probably do have a bit of a history of like trying to communicate my needs and it being met in a not positive way mm. so i think that 
that still kind of informs my um, emotional response to communicating mm. now. And um, and I think shout out to my partner. Every time I do communicate with him, he like is listen. He's he listens and he is so great. I mean, he's he's so great at like if if he's ever done anything that might have made me feel bad in any way, he's like so quick to kind of want to talk about it and rectify it and and he's better at me than that and I think you know that's um it's always it's always endlessly surprising to me and and like makes me cry when I'm like oh my god you listened to what I said and 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 it, it was fine and now and now we're moving we're working with it and moving on from it and I'm like yeah how and I think and I guess the, the thing making it better is constantly having it reaffirmed that the result of communicating and and saying communicating my thoughts and feelings mm. and needs is getting a positive response because I that's not like my lived experience hasn't always shown me that but now it is so yeah. I guess it'll get easier yeah. with that yeah. I'm feeling very emotional anyway <laughs> I, I totally understand that my um um with my husband and I we have this whole thing of where he um, I don't expect certain types of um, response from him. Mm -hmm. And partly that's due to, again, his childhood. It's due to my, my childhood, our yeah. experiences. And I'm going to talk a bit about that when we do our story, actually, yeah. or stories. Yeah. It's a little slightly different uh, format today. Sure, yeah. But um, uh, it always surprises me, for example, when he's um, sort of much more physical um, with me than I expect him to be. So um, he might like, when we're sitting on the sofa, he might just rest his head on my chest or something or or in bed or something like that. Something He'll do something like that. And I'm yeah. like, oh, hello. Like, you know, I and... In, in a sense, it's almost like my, the, my initial initial response is always, "What did I deserve to, you know, what did I do to deserve this?" And and it's that's a silly response because it's like, "Well, I, we're in love, so we should we just do that?" And he's just yeah. being like, lovely. Yeah. So um, yeah, there's this whole thing about like my own expectations and growing up and all this. Mm -hmm. But I'm now bleeding into my story, which I should probably just do. Um, what's your word? Well, yes. So the word. Oh gosh, yeah. guys, we haven't even done that. Yes, I haven't done my word. Have I? Skipping ahead here. <laughs> just, just uh, eager to communicate uh, all the things um, anyway yes um, so um, my word is relative um, because there's meaning what you say mm -hmm. there's someone else understanding what it is that you mean and then there's all the nuances that you want to get across in like words and tone mm -hmm. and in like everyday conversation and in my job and mm -hmm. um, particularly at the moment because my job is like quite um, like res I'm quite re responsible for a lot of people. Um, I noticed that um, there's that whole phrase of like casting a long shadow and being careful with like exactly what it is that you say and how you say it. Um, and like being suddenly like needing to be quite careful with what I say um, because I'm a really open person. I'm very extroverted. I'm very like um, uh, demonstrative in how I kind of want to like get everything across. I don't want to hold things back if I feel like I, if the, it's helpful to someone to know it. Um, but it's not always, I'm learning that it's not always helpful to do that. So um, that's partly it. Um, but also the part of that is like I can, I'm noticing that I can say exactly what it is that I think I mean. Yeah. And I can hear it. I can hear it back. I can play it back to myself and be like, yep, I said that correctly. And even then someone else, just because of like their own experience and their own reality and what they've chosen to listen to, they might, they might latch on to like a small part of that and feel very different. Mm -hmm. Um and I'm not saying that that happens to me very much in a sexual um, scenario. And oh. quite luckily, I don't think it does. Um, but it, it does create, it does like, it wraps around my kind of fear of communication right. um, in that I always worry that what I say is going to come across in, it's not, it's either going to not be what I mean, mm -hmm. or it's going to be someone else is going to, you know, it's like the kind of whole thing about um, writers writing a book and then it's yeah. out of their writers. It's not the writer's hands anymore because it's in yeah. the reader's hands yeah. and it's about their perception. Interpreted yes. in 
the the wrong way or a completely different way to yes. how you intended it. Exactly. And also vice versa. So when I receive stuff, mm-hmm. um, when people say things to me, it's also like, um, like I like sometimes sometimes people like are careless with what they say and or, or how they choose to like convey their tone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also in the bedroom, that's the relationship to to the sort of sexual mm-hmm. scenario as well. Is that I know that when I'm trying to ask for what I want, that my tone can be it can seem quite irritated or frustrated Mm -hmm. and I think the reason is because I've held it in for like usually a period of time and I should have said something more quickly and I should have been why don't you like much more like quickly like maybe do this um rather than that's not working maybe can you just stop that and just do this instead and it comes off like that that's the tone almost that I use which is terrible (laughs) no that's so interesting um Total transparency. We're going to be talking about a film later. Um, But we have, um, there is a line where one of the characters gives immediate feedback to the other character and goes, oh, just have more conviction next time. And it's kind of like that immediate feedback, like straight after finishing. Yeah, and it actually, there is, even if if she didn't mean it in a mean way, there is something about, if I I was the other person in the scenario, I would be like, um, just made you orgasm yeah, like, why yeah, yeah, are you yeah, being yeah. so mean like, I, I didn't orgasm you yeah, did exactly whereas, well, a c word for you yeah. <laughs> whereas yeah no so I, I see that but actually yeah it's not necessarily meant maliciously it's yeah. just yeah the way of communicating yeah the c word was careless by the way careless yeah yes. many c words many c words and <laughs> um, i'll do the story yes yes now, yes, now. Yes. Now, yes please yes. um so um um, I wanted because we were talking about childhoods. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to talk actually about my parents for a bit. Um, this, this is not. This is nothing to do with like, a, like it's all subjective. It's literally just yeah. my observations of how they communicate right. with each other. Yeah. Um, now, I never really witnessed my parents being particularly physical mm-hmm. to each other. They kept most of that behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that's great in terms of the sexual context. But even just like hugging each other and stuff, my only awareness that they even touched mm-hmm. uh, each other really apart from the occasional hug when someone was one of them was particularly upset by something um was um when they were asleep in at night or they were going to sleep in at night and i was um in my bedroom Uh the walls are not that thick and so you can hear and um i would hear things my my, um dad would say like oh god stop putting your cold feet on me or something like that so my mum was obviously like snuggling up to him but i it's weird because i can't picture it because all i've got is the sound of that in my head um and of course when i was like three or four i would be like crawling in between my parents bed in like the morning in the weekend or something yeah so like the whole um concept of that is like completely a mystery to me so i think partly that is like to do with like communication in terms of physical communication uh-huh. I've got a sort of bar that's been set. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of like day to day, obviously like parents have a mass- massive responsibility for their children. And so much of what I saw in terms of communication was them doing life admin. So like mm-hmm. making sure like who was cooking, who was washing up, who was yeah. tidying stuff away, uh-huh. um, who was like getting stuff ready for the morning, yeah. blah, 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 like yeah. all of that. So, and then obviously that that would generate like micro arguments of like mm-hmm. you know oh but you know i'm doing this tomorrow so can you do it or right. like blah 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 yeah, so yeah. a lot of the communication was in that sort of space yeah, yeah, yeah. so i didn't see a lot of um affection or love like on a daily basis between them yeah, yeah. um in fact if anything it was like my mum would like go, oh you're not having another glass of wine are you or something like that oh, gosh, you know and yeah, it was like yeah. that sort of communication which would come yeah. across that's not to say that my dad is raging alky it's he's not <laughs> um but like um 
also not to joke about alcoholism at all no, 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 um yeah, no. but um but he's he doesn't he, he's not a problem he's just he just uh like maybe had like an extra glass of wine one night or something and my mum yeah, would say something yeah, about it yeah, um yeah, so yeah. like i would see that kind of thing where like they're kind yeah. of um what's the word like not reprimanding each other but that sort of thing where like there'd be a bit of castigation yeah, maybe yeah, between the two yeah, yeah. um so just that as like a kind uh-huh. of thought so putting that as a background to my understanding of like communication now in a relationship Mm -hmm. is that I I think I take aspects of that in my own way of being I think we Mm -hmm. we probably all have that because we use our parents as an exemplar of like living in life yeah Yeah. and you have to use what you've seen seen yeah yeah experience so like um for example I'm quite um task oriented around my husband so Mm -hmm. I'll be like I'll when I talk to him a lot of the conversation is around like doing stuff in the day and that kind of thing and actually um there are things um that i've seen you do with your partner that i would love to do but i just haven't managed to convert my brain into thinking that way think about the daily phone call that you do i would love to do that with my husband yeah. but um i just i it, I, I forget to, or, or like well we, it, that's also silly because we like don't we we don't neither of us leaves the house on many days but we don't catch up about our day that much so anyway I mean it's funny because I mean I think that's the thing is is like actually when my partner was going out to work every day and I would be home earlier he would always call me when he was on his way home Mm. and we'd always anything want me to pick up from the shops da 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 um whereas now he works from home when I'm on my way home from work I don't think I don't think about it so I think that's quite interesting I really appreciated it when he did it to me Mm. but I it's just it's just not something I think of. Mm. And and that's kind of like, and then there are so many times when, when he's like, oh, let me know when you're on your way home or something. If I, if I go out with a friend or, you know, and, um, and I'm like, oh, and then I just, I just don't think about it. Yeah. And then I sort of like roll in at midnight and then, and then, and it's like, cause he, cause he knows I generally forget. He yeah. sort of, he generally knows I'll be okay. Mm. But I think, I feel a bit bad about it sometimes because I'm like, oh my God, you're so good at like always mm. checking in with me. And I feel like when, when we're physically together, I'm very good at it. But when, we're not physically together. I just, I just yeah. don't think about yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's an interesting thing. I really, I really love it that he does that, but it's something that, it's something I don't necessarily return, which I maybe should. But yeah. I, yeah, I'm yeah. glad that I'm not the only one who feels like that. No, exactly. But yeah, um, yeah. I suppose in my situation, I think both me and my husband are both similar in that we'll both say, you know, oh, just let me know when you're on your way home, whatever, and we won't. Yeah. <laughs> it's just we will forget. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, what about you? How about, do you want to? Come in at this point. I mean, I can, I can. Yeah. Okay. So I suppose um, I want to talk about two of the the times that was like most important for me to communicate in a, in a relationship sense, and and it, and obviously it was really difficult. So these are like the big moments of communication mm. for me. So the first one was with my ex, and we'd been see we'd been going out for a year, but we'd never had a conversation about like our relationship or like what what we were. So in my head, I was like, well. We are, we're seeing each other like at least once a week and we're having sex and it's really nice and we kind of, we enjoy hanging out together. So, I mean, maybe we're going, we're actually like going out. Mm. But I was also like, but he's never said anything. I've never said anything. And I think we both really struggled with communication. So there was no like point where it was like, let's sit down and say, are we in a relationship? Um, So I was just like sleeping with other people the whole time. Cause I was like, I don't feel like there's ever been a point where we, have established what uh, what this yeah. is so like i don't we haven't said we're going to be exclusive or monogamous mm. so you know fine anyway it got to a point where i had a conversation with a random person at a picnic and he was like no you're definitely go you're definitely in a relationship you've been seeing each other for a year also i feel like you know he was 
making assumptions but i was like okay fair enough yeah and he was like and he had a very um normative view of yes. relationships i think but it did make me realize okay i am actually gonna have to talk to him so it was i remember i went for dinner at his house and and it was like one of the first times i was meeting all of his friends mm. and i was like oh god i'm gonna have to like have this conversation after this mm. um and then his um his friends all left and we were in bed and he was like oh, you know, they, they, they really liked you. They really liked you. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I was like, so I, I need to <laughs> talk to you. And the other thing, I was just like lying there and I could feel like, I was like, I couldn't, uh, yeah. I could hardly breathe. I could hardly yeah. talk. And he was like, something's wrong. What's wrong? And I was like, <sighs> and then I was just like, I have to, I have to, I have to. There was no, like now has to be the yeah. time I have this conversation. So I was just like, you know, how would you feel about, you know, how would you feel about sleeping with other people? Did it? And we had this whole conversation and, it was really hard and he obviously found it really hard and then we had another conversation about it um a few weeks later in a pub where again like I felt like it just hadn't we hadn't completed it had we hadn't resolved it and we were still kind of seeing each other every week but there was definitely like unsaid stuff and neither and he was being like really cold and I was like why are you even seeing me if you're annoyed with me so then we had this we were going to see a show together and then I just like sort of blurted everything out over like we had like two pints and I was just like well the thing is blah 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 blah, blah. and we never talked about our relationship and, da, da, da. and he was just like well I you know I, I assumed we were um I assumed we were in a relationship because we've been seeing each other for a year and I was like but you never said that yeah. no one ever said that yeah. so I think it was this like thing of, like we were both we both shied away from having this important mm-hmm. conversation and then it just all came out very um suddenly, suddenly and emotionally mm-hmm. and kind of ultimately resulted i mean you know, it was then 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 it was good for a bit and then we broke up but like it was like um yeah i think i think there's just it, it was so it was so hard to to bring that up and, and we were both so uncomfortable around because i was like so does this mean you're my boyfriend and he was like oh, i guess so <laughs> it's just like we were yeah. both like well if you wanted to if you're clear we're in a relationship but i think yeah. we were both i i think we maybe just maybe didn't really want to be in a relationship but we sort of both too scared to say it. yeah or maybe we felt like because we were sleeping with each other once a week and enjoyed hanging out together that was, enough. That was what a relationship yeah. was therefore i don't know it's, it's kind of interesting looking back on it and obviously mm. we're much younger but mm. um yeah i think that was the case of like okay we need to discuss what this relationship status is and i don't know how to bring that up and i would have put it off for years <laughs> if, yeah. if i if i could have but i think it was a point where it did eventually get to the point of being like this ball inside yeah. my chest and it was like expanding and expanding yeah. and then it was like i have to say this or i i can't i can't keep this inside yeah. me anymore I think it's the, yeah i think the physicalization of um that kind of anxiety is yeah. really interesting yeah. um the kind of blocked communication thing of like that can literally sit mm-hmm. um and i've had that as well i get that a lot actually mm-hmm. where if i know that something is wrong mm-hmm. i have to it's like uh, no, it's not, not it's trying to trying to not use a disgusting metaphor mm-hmm. but it's like um like uh i don't know if you've got like a muscle cramp in your back let's say yeah. um and you don't like actually press like the do the shiatsu thing which i've just been doing this episode by the way because i've got a bad back at the moment i've got this yeah. little um these massage balls that you lie on you know mm. um and uh if you don't actually actively and that makes it hurt more yeah if yeah. you don't actually do that though you're going to sit there with a really bad back that's going to get worse yeah. and you're going to be like really uncomfortable you can't focus mm-hmm. Um, you can't think about anything else. Mm-hmm. You have to deal with the problem mm-hmm. um, and it, because it gets so big. Yeah. 
um, and it sort of takes over everything and you can't yeah you can't enjoy your life because it's just there in yeah. front of your eyes the whole yeah. time it, yeah that's yeah. exactly how to describe it yeah, yeah. it's like so and, it, and it's like because it, it's so theoretically it's like I think I, w- I was very much of the opinion that I could just kind of you know keep ignore it mm. and I could ignore it for a year <laughs> and then it was like no this needs to be dealt with now yeah. like um, anyway, what's the the second part of your well, story? I was going to say that yeah. given where we are in time, uh-huh. maybe we'll save our other stories for another episode because we've actually taken quite a long time to talk about our stories. Um, and uh, we'll just move straight on with our film corner. Okay. If you're okay with that? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Can I can I just quickly say then, if we're not going on to the next story, is that just in terms of like as a, as a communication comparison mm. with, my, with my partner now, mm. I think often because... Um, when I eventually talked to my ex, the result was like, he felt very hurt and very, um, like he couldn't, um, well, he had to process it for a long time and was quite cold with me afterwards Mm. and stuff. So the result of communicating with him was quite, um, hard. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, so I kind of get similar feelings now, like if somebody's, you know, something's happened with my partner and not with my partner, with someone else. And I want to talk to my partner about it. And I'm like, oh my God, he's going to think I betrayed him. He's going to, and then, and then again, I feel that little ball growing. And then I'm like, I have to talk to you about something. And it's like this big deal. And then I say it and he's like, oh my gosh, I hope you're okay. And then I'm like, oh, (laughs) and that's, and that's just really nice to have that thing, that thing of like, oh, I've I've told you something and I made a big deal of it in my head. And actually you've responded really positively. And that's really nice. Yay. Yes. That's really good. Yes. Okay. Cool. All right. We all we all need those experiences, I think, in sort of balance out our negative ones and bring us back to normality. Exactly. Remind us that things can go well as well as as much as they can not. Exactly. So yes. So stay tuned for more talks on communication another time. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, yes, yes, it's over to our film corner. Which is so exciting because it's a great film. It's <laughs> such a good film. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> film. 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 Corner. So we just watched. Duke of Burgundy, directed by Peter Strickland. Yes, we did. And um, what are your thoughts, bearing in mind um, the well, what are your thoughts, initial thoughts, first of all? Yeah. Um, I mean, there are so many different... It was a really good pick for our word, actually, and that's thanks to you, so well done. Communication, thank yes. you. Um, <laughs> communication word, very, very on point. Um, despite so the BDSM theme was obviously the kind of thing of the film, but actually, um, I think the film was really much, very much about the communication between the two of them, and that came off really well. Yeah. Um, there was like there were so many different types of it that, that came across and I think one of the reasons that I think they were, may, may have been cast for those roles as particular actors mm-hmm. was, was because they did really good eye communication that's really good. interesting yeah. I'm really glad you picked up on that because I think like, I was I was thinking very literally about it and I was like you know when do they actually talk yeah. like about anything but actually it's such a good point there is a lot of different types of communication and even like um, physical communication as well where there are points where, where she's um the characters are called Cynthia and Evelyn. I must yes. remember. So Cynthia is like the the Dom character. Yeah. Evelyn is the sub. Um, yeah, so called. Mm. And uh, there's well, yeah, when Cynthia's like sitting on Evelyn's face, and Evelyn sort of like wriggles around because mm. then she because she wants to say something and and stuff like that. So there's like lots of different types of communication, which I imagine they've communicated about how to physically communicate as well. Yeah. Um, I'll also say that it was probably one of the most uncomfortable films to watch i was expecting to be sort of aroused or something by watching it and absolutely not um yeah. one of the things that was the biggest sort of turn offs in a sense mm-hmm. was watching the fact that one of them the, the dom was a very reluctant dom and she didn't want to do it and she clearly didn't enjoy the whole process um and it made her very uncomfortable yeah. and she was obviously um felt and by the end of the film you could tell she felt like if she wasn't doing those things for evelyn mm-hmm. uh that she'd be 
out and that yeah, would be the end of the relationship. Yeah, exactly. I think, and, and what I started to feel like was it almost was a film about a breakdown of communication mm. because at the start, um, it's like Evelyn is leaving little notes for um, Cynthia saying like, you know, I'm going to come to, the, you're going to knock on the door, you're going to leave me waiting yeah. this long and then you're going to say you're late and, and and then like send me to clean the study. So it's like the, the sub is giving very specific instructions to the dom. Um, but then, like, so they go through this whole scenario, and then the dom, like, um, pee- pees in her mouth as, like, a punishment. But then they're, like, in bed afterwards, and they're cuddling, and Evelyn's yeah, like, thank so you light. so much. Yeah. Da, da, da. And then it's like, so you sort of feel like then Cynthia gets her reward mm. because then she gets to, like, cuddle and, and be touched. Yeah. Um, but then later in the film, they, they get this chest, and Evelyn starts sleeping in the chest because she obviously finds that a turn on. And it just feels so sad for Cynthia because obviously you can tell that for her, her aftercare really, or her mm. thing is is physical touch. Yeah. And she's just not getting that anymore. And it, it just made me feel so sad for her. <laughs> I know. It was really desolate, that part yeah. of the film, actually. You could see that there was a, a, a huge distance between the two of them. Yeah. And actually I found it really confusing because I thought, well, she's obviously in love with Evelyn. Yeah. But I didn't... I mean, I didn't really see an awful lot to love about her. Her personality was pretty selfish the entire way through. And the whole thing was very one-sided. Yeah, yeah, totally. But then, like, at the at the very end, when, when Cynthia sort of has this, you know, emotional breakdown because she can't really handle it anymore, um, Evelyn does, like, end the scene and, and hug her and is like, I'm sorry, like, we'll, we'll stop doing this if it's, like, doing this to you. Mm. I don't want to do this to you. I can change. Which in and of itself is also, like, well, you shouldn't have to change who you are sexually, no. um, but maybe you just need to listen listen maybe, to your partner yeah, more. Exactly. But then it's a bit weird because you kind of get the impression nothing has... I don't know, the end mm. kind of circles back to the beginning, so you're not quite sure. Yeah, it does. And also um, there were sort of things... So from the beginning... Um, there's a scene quite early on where they're in bed together, that moment of lightness. Yeah. Um, and I think um, they're, they're light, they're, their heads are the two things that are in a shot, yeah. but the blanket's up to the shoulders. And she's um, Evelyn is obviously fingering herself yeah. Yeah. while um, asking Cynthia to sort of say harsh things to her. Yeah. But what, just like moments before, Cynthia's saying, I love you and, you know, so sweet. And she's sort of touching her hair and that sort of thing. And Cynthia's like, no, don't, don't talk to me like that. Evelyn. Talk to me the other way. Evelyn, sorry, yeah, yeah. Evelyn says that. Yeah. And it, I was just so, it's, it was like, it was such a shock. To, she doesn't want to hear that she's loved. I know, I know. Um, and so she, I, it felt like she wanted this relationship to very much like almost 100% that. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. whereas Evelyn, uh, whereas Cynthia, I'm going to get them wrong all the time, <laughs> aren't I now? Um, whereas Cynthia wanted, would I suppose probably wouldn't have minded doing a bit of it now and again but yeah. it seemed to be taking over their entire relationship exactly exactly that's it and then in, in that in that specific scene it's the thing of like you know um cynthia's making herself very vulnerable mm-hmm. by like saying all this stuff and like i love you i'm so glad you're in my life da, yeah. da, da. and then the way that evelyn is like um oh no not that like you know talk to me the other way yeah. she doesn't even wait for her to finish and be like oh my god that's so lovely i love yeah. you too will you talk to me this way now like yeah, it's kind yeah, of like it's not like a it's not like a, a a sensitive transition no. it's like no not interested yeah. i want you to attend to my pleasure and then also as you say like because she all has an orgasm then and then immediately says can you speak with more conviction next yeah time? exactly she gets she gives negative feedback yeah. it's like um that was not good enough and i that took me ages to get to orgasm because yeah. you were not like on it enough yeah. um, that was that was another bit so to riff off that same thing yeah, yeah. sorry i'll get no, 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 yeah. um and she was like oh yeah just improvise while she's in the middle of fingering herself but 
On the flip side, she's given very specific notes and cards and lines to learn, and it's exactly the same scenario every single time. I don't know about anybody else, and we've spoken about this before, but like um, with like P for Porn, I think it was last season. But if you watch the same thing again and again, it loses its zeal, and it must like the improvisation bit. Surely. It's just odd. It's interesting. I I wonder, because I sort of think, because I was also thinking this would be quite a good thing to see for compromise as well. (laughs) Because it's sort of this thing of like, Evelyn isn't isn't a natural dom. Like that's not really her turn on. Um, So it's like Cynthia, is it a case that Cynthia is like, oh, Cynthia's not a natural dom. (laughs) (laughs) If it was was a case that Evelyn is like, um, this is what I'm into. And like, don't worry that you don't find it easy to do. I'll give you Mm. a scene to do. Because she does say stuff about like, oh, can you surprise me within 22 hours? Or like, you know what? Um, So is it like a compromise that, okay, it's difficult for Cynthia. So Cynthia just does the same scene every day with like one surprise element. Mm. Or is it that Evelyn literally only gets turned on by this specific scene? scene. I'm not sure. And that's not really you don't well, you're told that but. or thirdly i wonder whether it's yeah. that because she's so uncomfortable as a dom mm. that she needs a script to stick this to yeah sticks with that because it's yeah. like this is you know i can't oh, this is yeah. so hard for me yeah, yeah. and it, i think what's so great is like seeing the kind of um backstage of like a sexy role play we were talking about this yeah. and it's like the thing like you first of all see it from Evelyn's perspective. Yes. So Cynthia's like yeah, the perfect yeah, yeah, yeah. dom. And then you see it from Cynthia's perspective. And she's just like, you know, she's like gulping she down water, water so she can pee. Yeah. And like, and then like, like pulling on the um, stocking, the, the, the stocking, and then they rip. And then yeah. it's all like, you know, and it's like, and you see getting more and more tired and exhausted yeah. from doing it. And it's like, because I was in like, in my own relationship, like in, if we're doing like a sub dom scene, um, as a sub, I would like dress up quite a lot, but then if, which is, I could not do it every day, I could not do it every day. And also you feel like there's like an immediate kind of reward for it because then the Dom is like, oh, you look great. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's like, it's like immediately appreciated. Whereas with the sub, she doesn't say anything about it. She just, it's just interesting. You know, it's kind of like the the Dom is putting in, um, Cynthia's putting on so much effort when she doesn't, she's not really, she's not into it. Yeah. Yeah. And she never has an, orgasm that's what no, I say like yes no exactly no she doesn't it's really odd um coming back to communication yeah. there was um a really interesting line they, they're talking about mole crickets they're like they're lying in their study and they're, they're there's um I don't know they're, they're reading their books um one of them is an insectologist I don't remember the name now orthop orthoptrist I don't know anyway it's a word we've just learned and we've obviously forgotten it immediately not learned it at all um anyway and they say um Evelyn who's the sub says um, oh, they're so ugly. Why do you want to write a paper on mole crickets? And then um, um, Cynthia says, well, they're ugly maybe, but beautifully eloquent, mm. um, which is a hilarious commentary on the fact mm. that their relationship is absolutely not um, yeah. beautifully eloquent yeah. um, and perhaps is also ugly. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps. No, that's a really good point. Yeah. And there's also the, um, there's a scene where, where she's wearing, um, Cynthia's just wearing her pajamas. Mm. And then we yeah. can talk about that, yeah. And and then she's got she's got a bad back, which kind of is a running theme. And actually, the first time it comes up, um, Evelyn like gives her a massage straight away, and it's quite loving. And then by this point in the film, when it comes up, Evelyn's like, uh, she's like, "Could you not give me a, a massage?" And Evelyn's like, "Well, it's not very, you know, you're not very um, inspiring. inspiring in that outfit." Yeah. And and then she's like, "And you know, I why I bought you this whole wardrobe? Why aren't you using yeah. it?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like. 
you bought that wardrobe, I assume, specifically for like role plays. And right now, yeah. she's just reading in her pajamas like, yeah. with a bad back. Like exactly, I think that was the point that you and I both got our phones out. And we're like, we're making a note yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. And that was the moment you realised that the, in the real life, the kind of who's the one in control in yes. the relationship, yes. and it's it's Evelyn who um, clearly doesn't have a job uh, apart from just to this make believe job of being her cleaner. Yes, um, exactly. uh, and um, and then there's the vice versa thing of. Um, she, Evelyn sort of said, you know, a lot of negotiation is sort of this sort of gaming, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And she says something like, this is giving me a headache. She's listening to the the sound of the crickets or, or something. Yeah. And she says, um, this is giving me a headache. And um, I think, uh, um, what's her name? Evelyn. No, Cynthia. other one, Cynthia. Yeah. Um, Cynthia. <laughs> so terrible. Um, an episode of communi- on communication and I can't get the names right. It's just irony. Um, Cynthia um, ignore, kind of ignores her and carries on working. And Evelyn says, aren't you going to turn it off? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Cynthia snaps back, did you ask me to? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because there's this whole thing about them just not, yeah. like, well, we they're no longer taking care of each other's actual needs outside of that scenario. This is it, exactly. And it's with with the massage when she says, oh, could you not offer to give yeah. me a massage? And she's like, we didn't ask me to, as in, like, you know, you didn't tell me to. As a, right yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she's like, no, I literally just need, I'm literally in need. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Is. Like, human, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I think it's I, like I have to say it's very arty and there are some yes. weird shots and like <laughs> weird pits where it's like but in terms of like the actual story it's telling and the way it's telling it I think it's really cool like mm. I don't I've never seen anything quite like it yeah. I also have to say that the I I very much believe the relationship and I, what I believe is that the actors were very comfortable together and I believe mm. they were very comfortable on set which makes me um comfortable as an audience member yeah. and like you know the the at the scenes where they were being very physically intimate were very beautiful mm. and i think quite erotic um and you know the, the kissing and the touching and it, it was just very believable and i wasn't worried about the actors yeah. whether or not the set was safe and and comfortable i don't know but it felt like it was mm. from my perspective i i agree helps a lot in in a film about a relationship and communication well and a bdsm relationship actually is a difficult one to portray uh well and with conviction exactly and then uh i think there was a bit of um uh that's there's a line that she said that's news to me i think it was um when she says um because she wants okay and cynthia wants evelyn to go to the library with her just as like a couple day out i just want you to hang out with me because you're my partner and i love you um and then she's like oh i'm really tired and i'm gonna have to sleep if you're gonna put me in the chest tonight and she's like well that's news to me (laughs) like and it's this whole thing of like you have to sacrifice time with me so that you so that you you can put me in yeah so that you can put me in the chest which you don't even want to do it's just like Oh my gosh. I know we were getting like increasingly frustrated with Evelyn. Yeah. But then there was a point where Cynthia gets, is obviously getting really upset. Oh yeah, because Evelyn polishes someone else's boots. Yes, yeah. And gets told off by them. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really interesting as well, was the idea of like, that is a betrayal yes. of trust and that is kind of cheating within the context of that relationship, even though they don't physically do anything. It's ex- I've got the exact same note written down on my phone. Yeah, I mean, so it's the, 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 the betrayal was the yeah. polishing of the boots and being punished. There was obviously yeah. nothing actually sexual happening yeah, exactly. physically, yeah. but the sexuality of the, the scenario yeah. and the fact that that was what, was, that was what their relationship yeah. sexually was built on mm-hmm. was, became the betrayal for her. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was really interesting. And then the, fact, and then the, the sort of reaction to that is then Cynthia then goes completely rogue and like um, cold. Really cold. completely cold because she, yeah. she starts she actually is like 
in 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 within the context of that scene is like being very cold mm. and then she's like why are you being so cold and Cynthia's like I thought you wanted me to be cold and she's like yeah. no not now yeah, which yeah. I thought again was really interesting because it was this like bleeding of um sexual role play fantasy in reality fantasy or, into reality yes. and, and actually like no this is didn't mean you don't want you to actually be like this yeah. in, in real life um but then her sort of then longer term reaction to that is then it's um uh, Evelyn's birthday and we get the impression Evelyn makes a big fuss of her birthdays yeah, birthday. and then Cynthia blindfolds her and she's all in like her sexy corset and stockings and stuff and like brings her brings her in and is like oh happy birthday da, da, da. and then takes off the blindfold and there's like no cake but there's yeah. a cake stand and all the ingredients to make a cake yeah. and she's like there you go make the cake and at this point you're still sort of like oh is Evelyn into this or because yeah. e- Evelyn's like I don't really want to do this. I don't think yeah. I can do this. Yeah. Um, by the way, the cake becomes a Black Forest cake, which I'm so happy I about. It looks so good. <laughs> but yeah, she, uh, so um, Evelyn was just like, I don't think I can. And um, I, I keep wanting to call her Christina, which is not her name. <laughs> Cynthia. Yeah. Uh, it's not a common name. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> a very good name choice, though. Um, and yes, yeah, Cynthia says, well, you, you, you will. And you'll, be, yeah. you'll have it ready by nine. And you'll be upstairs in your yeah. mic outfit yeah. like be ready yeah and then Cynthia says I'm going to get changed yeah. into something nicer yeah. but then she just puts on her pajamas yes. which we've already established Evelyn doesn't like yeah. and then she makes Evelyn give her the cake and then starts eating the cake in front of her well she makes Evelyn lie on the floor and then puts her foot on just like sort of just under Evelyn's neck it, yeah. which has a sock on it yeah and then yes yeah not tight no, um sock, yeah. yeah and then and this scene was horrible because then Evelyn goes, uh, can, I don't like this, isn't funny. And then she says pinastry, which is the safe word. And then Cynthia just puts her foot, socked foot over her mouth mm. and carries on eating the cake. Yeah. And actually, it's interesting because we never see, we actually never see um, Evelyn's reaction to that, really. Yeah. And, and But then it's like, it's, it's really bad. Obviously, you should never ignore someone's safe word. But then it's like, you've seen, you've seen this journey mm. for her to get to that point. Yeah. So it, it's like that thing of like a, Yes, again, with like lack of communication, lack of compromise, lack of caring, one-sided, slightly one-sided relationship just ending in this complete yeah. like... It just, it just breaks. Yeah, Yeah. exactly, exactly. It was quite powerful. Yeah. Well, that was the whole thing. They weren't actually communicating during any of that time properly. No, no exactly. All no. of the communication was within the rules of their game, yeah. which became a problem because yeah. they didn't have anything outside of that. Exactly. And within, and as we know, as we know within, a, with, within a scene, within a, a role-play scene communication should be happening all the time and it gets more and more like stale and more like just going through the motions and And it became really obvious that Cynthia hadn't agreed to even though she's the dom Mm. hadn't agreed to some of the rules of the game that had naturally seemed not naturally naturally or not Mm. evolved from what she'd initially agreed to yeah yeah exactly and the more oh you just just love her so much the character just feel that actually I felt she so she then she then has a bit of a breakdown so they they then you then run through the same the same scenario again from sort of nearly the beginning Um, and she arrives you can see her getting ready and then um, she comes into this uh, Evelyn comes into the study to talk Mm -hmm. about the fact that she's just washed her panties again and um, uh, Cynthia stands up and comes over and she starts trying to do the lines but she's not she's really not in the in the zone and she starts to sort of break down into yeah. tears uh, she said oh, I can do it I can do it and then she yeah. can't do it and she's in tears and Evelyn is that's where we were talking about before and Evelyn's yeah. saying oh you know you don't have to and yeah. of course then presumably some month a few months pass where they don't and then it starts again I guess yeah that's, that's um, kind of the impression you're left with that yeah but the, the problem obviously that that's where 
like she obviously that's where the communication's happening but she hasn't mm. said anything for presumably a long time yeah. she's been doing this ritual yeah. thing that she doesn't want to do yeah. um but only now when she can't bear it anymore and you know that this you've got the metaphorical breaking of her but you've also got the physical her back sort of is breaking yeah, yeah. uh kind of all yeah. on the same theme of her yeah. bearing all of this for the two of them yeah yeah, yeah. i know well done so well done it's so well done and also just because just, 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 it's a lot of insects, a lot of moths throughout the whole yes. film. And um, I just, I was sort of thinking having this idea of like so many moths like with, you know, pinned into display mm-hmm. cases yeah, yeah. and being like, is there some kind of metaphor for like being trapped? Mm-hmm. And there's some way of like, it, in I think at the beginning, it's like kind of trying to trick you into thinking like um, leading you down the thing of like, oh, is the sub kind of like, you sort of naturally jump to the conclusion that it's like oh this sub in this relationship and then actually the more and more you're like oh no she's trapped the, the yes. dom is trapped in this and she is the one trapping the insects but she's trapped herself and yes. it's like i don't know it's just like a bit oh, of you I know yeah, it's a little yeah. bit i'm just trying to read into the subtext yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just like well i mean um we the i suppose the last thing i, I have to say about yes. it is that the, obviously the art house elements are very strong in the film and there is um a big scene um quite close to the end mm-hmm. sort of the last sort of 10 15 minutes or so where um, Evelyn is walking down a corridor and she sort of just basically starts to be surrounded by these pinastri moths. Um, And I I was sort of trying to think about what what the meaning of that was. Um, Do you have any thoughts? Oh, God. (laughs) Well, it's like, because it's like this pinastri, we keep hearing like, it's like the the safe word with with, um, Evelyn saying it just Mm. keeps coming, coming, coming. And it's like in in Cynthia's dreams and and things and and often like coming from the chest and and stuff. And I suppose it's like, uh, I can understand it more from like a manifestation of like Cynthia's fears that like she wants, she really wants to know that Evelyn's okay. But Evelyn's like, no, leave me in the chest. Um, But then also, I mean, maybe I don't know from Evelyn's perspective, like, I mean, Cynthia literally ignored her safe word in an earlier scene. So maybe there is, for Evelyn's character, maybe a bit of like a, um, a subconscious thing of like she's not necessarily safe in the relationship anymore either. I don't know. I know. I I think there are other things. It was interesting because the context in which she chose to break the safe word mm-hmm. was a safe situation physically, yes. just not emotionally. Yeah. So she wasn't enjoying the fact that she'd spent hours on this birthday cake and was yeah. on the floor and literally was actually and not getting to the birthday cake, but actually was realizing that there were consequences to what she'd done to yeah. Cynthia. Yeah. So it was almost like she didn't like the revenge that she was being given. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I had, I don't know, I had mixed sympathy. While, you know, but in this sort of situation, it's difficult because obviously this was a sexual context. It was mm-hmm. part of a sexual scene. Where does the line, but they, and the other problem is because they blurred that line so heavily, yeah. was what was, was Cynthia, what was, was what Cynthia were doing? Mm-hmm. I can't, lost all grammar, sorry. <laughs> was what Cynthia was doing, was that um, part of their, I mean, I suppose she'd made Evelyn believe it was part of their sex game yes, and therefore yeah, that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think, I don't know whether Cynthia was doing, I think she was using the sex game as part of her revenge, yes, quite I clearly, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the revenge was outside of the game. The revenge was, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a weird line that they'd blurred. Yeah, yeah. And that's Evelyn's fault for blurring it. Yeah, yes, exactly. A little and, bit. And, I think, and also, because this is another thing, is that again, and I, I think it's quite interesting because obviously the safe word is very important for the sub, but... I think the Dom should be able to use the safe word as well, right? Oh, 100%. So it's interesting that the um, that Cynthia never used the safe word. And when she get, when she gets to the point of like having her breakdown at the end, you're like, whoa, she's never been able to say she's yeah. uncomfortable with a scene. That's really 
and I thought like, oh wow, because when she starts like literally, she's like breaking down as she's trying to say the lines of the scene. I was like, this is the point, this is the point to use the same word, right? And it's like literally she's like crying and then you don't know if Evelyn's gonna be like, carry on with the scene, uh, what are you doing? Why are you ruining the scene? And then actually she does like give her a hug and it's like, it's okay, it's okay. But I just thought that was quite interesting that like you're always hearing um, Evelyn's voice saying the safe word and yet Cynthia never yeah. can say it. it. That's really interesting. And the aftercare thing as well for a dom comes into this. I and mean, we were sort of blurring, blurring into a BDSM conversation, but sure. it's part, of, it's part like, of the communication it's piece. Yeah. Yeah. And she couldn't... Um, she, so the word on the card, you get to see bits of the notes that she yes. gets. Yeah. Well, it wasn't safe word, it was release word. Um, uh, so obviously yeah. it acts as a safe word for sure. the sub, but I yeah. feel like that almost excludes the dom from being able to use it. Exactly. And they'd obviously not set it up so that there'd be any assumption that she'd mm-hmm. need to. Mm-hmm. But that's that's my main concern is that, I mean, from my perspective, yeah. if I was asked to play the role of a dom, which I yeah. wouldn't want to... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would find it really hard to do those things to another person because that's not my kink. Yeah, exactly. So it would take a more of a toll on me emotionally to yeah. do that. And so she, and she's not been given that out. Yeah. So she, I can fully empathize with that situation. Totally. And I actually remember um, Bambi saying in, in episode K is for kink in mm. season one, that um that when she's like being a dom for um subs at like uh, fetish nights or whatever they're like oh you know just like you know yeah. beat me up and then and then leave, leave. and yeah, then she's yeah. like i can't leave i want to cuddle and we check you're okay it, yeah. and i thought that was a really interesting point and that's kind of what um cynthia is denied so it's like she can do the compromise of going through this scene even if she's not like super into it mm-hmm. because she knows she gets the the intimacy afterwards but then now she's denied that as well so yeah. then she's just not getting anything progressively through the film right so the beginning she kind of has a bit of it but then um, Evelyn just gradually withdraws it over a fairly short we don't I mean we don't know how long the time frame of the film is but over a fairly short sort of period of time yeah no it's fascinating also just so just um (laughs) the bit where she's there are two scenes where she's sitting on on her face and I just felt for her so much because we had that conversation about how we were but neither of us are into face sitting just the same she's just sitting there reading a book like obviously like so not and then and then also but I like in terms of just like you know normal couple commute like you sort of you know just couple communication I saw I recognized and say normal because I know normal but you know Mm. stuff that was like quite relatable was um she's sitting on her face and then um Evelyn like wriggles and then she stands up and then Evelyn's like um did I sound really stupid at that lecture oh, today yeah, yeah. and she just like needs some like just a little bit of like support of yeah. someone saying no you didn't sound stupid darling yeah, and it's yeah, just gonna yeah. that was quite sweet <laughs> yeah. and then there's and the fact that like Cynthia um snores mm. and there's one scene where like Evelyn like wakes her up by clicking in her oh, ear yes, yeah I know yeah. and then they wake up and start kissing and stuff and I was like oh my god that's so kind of just like so it's yeah. sweet it's sweet it's I really like that yeah um, one other point, I keep remembering things that I've forgotten to say, um, we, but we should wrap up. Um, so uh, this was just to do with, the, just to point out, if you haven't seen the film, um, it's an interesting world because there are no men in the world. It's all women. Um, and it was really interesting was, as a dynamic because um, there's one character other than the, well, there are technically, I suppose, two chief side characters, I'd say. Um, one of them is the uh, the sort of do- the other doctor that kind of gets uh, it gets involved and we presume we don't, we never see it but it's yeah. the one that Evelyn goes to presumably lick the boots of and yeah. not but lick polish and get punished or whatever yeah. uh, but you, she never says anything she doesn't have any lines she sort of stands presiding over lectures yeah. the other character is the one that um, she sort of comes it's really funny she comes in and she's sort of wearing some feathers and she looks a bit sort of you're like oh you're definitely in the kink scene you yeah. can kind of see yeah. um, 
and she's kind of wearing this black dress and she comes in she sort of takes out a little box very delicately and precisely with a measuring tape and she goes from one end of the bed to the other and then she gets another piece of tape and she measures Evelyn while she's standing up and then she starts talking about all the kind of kink setups that she can create it's just so funny because that as that whole dynamic starts to come out there as well from that um and that there's and that there's a, a a woman uh in that sort of role as well there sort of coming in and being a carpenter and sort yes, of doing yes. traditionally what yeah. I, you would think of as a man's job exactly. but there are no men in the world yeah. so here we are and it's it was so i thought that was really well done it's, and really cool it's yeah. really well done and it's interesting so this sort of gradual realization that there yes. are no men because i obviously knew but i was quite interested because you because because well, it was like yeah 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 exactly and there's one point you're like there are no men in this world. <laughs> I get it. Now. There are no men, but it's like, um, but yeah, and also the the, the carpenter character that's really great as well. Because actually, what was so nice was to see again about communication, although not necessarily within the relationship, but just to see a very open conversation about being like, so these are the types of beds we do that like, and this is this is what my customers like yeah, and my yeah. clients like. That's what they don't like, and this is like how we can do a human toilet and yeah. and actually just having this really like open completely like open conversation like, like you're just fitting your kitchen cupboards and yes, I just like thought yeah. that was really validating and cool. and yeah it was awesome and even though um even though Cynthia's not into it and what's sad about that scene is that Cynthia is really uncomfortable with it yes. and doesn't want to do this stuff but they didn't feel like there was any judgment on the conversation mm-hmm. it was just the fact that she those that she didn't yeah. wasn't into it personally yeah. and I thought that was really cool and that character is amazing yes. but just a, a word on, I love the fact that it's all women and um obviously you know like why not just do a film with all women anyway great and and uh, and like you know two women in a relationship great but the um but just a word on because i read the director's reason for it so i thought it might be quite interesting just to say it um was that he said that he wanted initially he was thinking of casting a man and a woman um but he said what he was worried was that like gender politics would be brought into it and he wanted it to be like a pure um analysis of a subdom relationship and, and specifically the subdom relationship he wanted to explore and he was like you know actually if I put any men into it at all there's going to be t- there's going to talk about toxic masculinity there's going to be stuff about like um you, yeah like patriarchy did and he was like I actually just don't want that conversation to be yeah. relevant in this film I thought that was quite interesting but and I thought it was a good choice and also he called it Duke of Burgundy yes. apparently because he was like I'm a man I want them to know that there was a man involved it's not complete is that why (laughs) I was literally about to ask and the only other thought I had was that I really don't I just I'm no closer to understanding why the title of the film is that I still don't understand why it's Duke of Burgundy because that's some random like Duke of France or something it also is a character in an Ealing comedy I don't know if it's some if it's some um, reference to that I don't know uh, passport, passport to Pimlico. I don't know, but um, but anyway, but the Duke, he was. I I definitely remember saying like, you know, I said Duke of because there is a man involved. It's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. so it's like, okay, That's cool, scary. yeah, little bit of male ego. Just need to put one in, don't we, really? <laughs> um, okay. Um, well, that was that was Duke of Burgundy. Yeah, um, really good film. Fascinating and yeah. really enjoyed it, and I'm so glad to have been uh, well, been able to watch that with you. I know, me too. Yeah. Me too. I loved it. Great. Great. Well, awesome. thanks. So, should we find out what we thought of it? Please. So on a scale of disappointed grunt to cosmic orgasm, this is what we thought of... The Duke of Burgundy. (laughs) (sighs) 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 So in non-sex noises, that's a four out of five. I think it is. Pretty good then. Pretty good. (laughs)
Well, you've listened all the way to the end, so you must have liked us. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, I really hope so. Uh, please don't forget to follow us on all your usual social medias, Twitter, Instagram, um, and we are everywhere at A to Z with men. That's A to O Z with men. And you can also join our Facebook group, um, which is a new thing. Brand spanking new. Brand spanking new, which I'm very much enjoying. And uh, yeah, you can go there to discuss what you've heard and uh, tell us what you would like to hear. Yes, please. Um, you can also go to Apple Podcasts and give us five stars please um thank you uh, and leave a lovely review and please. and tell a friend as well yes, yes please yes, please please please, please. please. <laughs> and uh, see you next week for the next installment of your diorama of <laughs> <laughs> your dictionary of desire i love diorama of dating though that's really good um yeah thanks for listening bye, bye.